0: to the Leeds Institute of Textiles and Colour podcast. My name is Dr. Caroline Hemingray, and I'm an Associate Professor in Fashion Marketing and Colour in the School of Design. In today's episode, we will be exploring colour forecasting in the metaverse. We will first establish what we mean by the metaverse and colour forecasting before exploring the opportunities and perhaps the disruptions that colour forecasting in the metaverse may have on fashion trends, both in the physical and virtual world. But first, I'd like to introduce our excellent panel of speakers today. Professor Steve Westland, would you like to go first?
1: My name is Stephen Westland. I'm Professor of Color Science in the School of Design. I have several research interests, including color design and color communication, but I have a long interest actually in machine learning and AI. I was working with artificial neural networks even in the 1990s when relatively simple algorithms were being used. Today, we have algorithms that enable so-called deep learning. And machine learning based on deep learning can achieve things that would have been unimaginable in the 1990s.
2: Hi, I'm Pei-Hua Lai, a current final year PhD student in this club design. My research is about fashion image analysis I have developed algorithms to automatically extract color information from fashion images. The images used in my research include both physical outfits and virtual styles in the metaverse. I believe this research will benefit fashion and forecasting industries.
3: Hello, my name name is Sallyang Harrod B, and I'm a freelance material color and trend consultant. My business is Sallyang Harrod. And I work with clients to provide trend forecasts, design research and reports, as well as creating design-related exhibitions and writing editorial content. My background in textile design using colour and exploring patterns themes definitely influences the way I approach my freelance project. And I'm very excited to see what the future holds for the trend forecasting industry.
0: Well, thank you all very much for those great introductions. I think we've got a really nice mix of experts here on our panel today. Steve Tassar, I wonder if you could just give us a quick introduction to what the metaverse is. I think the metaverse is probably a word that some people might be familiar with, but others may have no idea what that is.
1: Yes, it is confusing because there isn't yet one unified definition of the metaverse. And actually, I'd say the metaverse is probably not even here yet. But essentially, the metaverse refers to an immersive online platform where people might meet, work, game, and socialize. Many big companies and tech giants are investing hugely in this area, but in reality, we might not end up with one metaverse, but many interconnected metaverses.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think you're, you're right there. I don't think there'll be one. I think we may see these connected different platforms, which we may end up calling different metaverses. I think it's also worth adding to that, that whilst we don't have an established or unified metaverse at the moment, we do have these virtual worlds already that have been established. So virtual worlds or gaming fl- platforms such as Decentraland or Roblox, where you know people, and typically I would say a lot of the younger people, are already meeting, they're gaming, they're using these spaces to socialize. And of course, in those virtual spaces, we're seeing avatars and those avatars are wearing fashion. But hopefully that brings us nicely on to forecasting. We're talking about fashion and color forecasting today. So Sally, some of our listeners may not know what we mean when we talk about fashion forecasting or color forecasting. And obviously our focus today is more on color forecasting. But would you mind just giving us a bit of an introduction to trend forecasting and in particular, colour forecasting.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Colour trend forecasting is the process of researching and analysing, essentially. And what it involves is exploring a huge amount of information from a wealth of different areas. And that could be looking at socioeconomic factors, looking into different cultural influences, looking at what's happening globally. You know, more and more now we talk about our world from a global level as opposed to local. So all of these things have to be and combine. So when we talk about colour forecasting, yes, absolutely, that's what we're talking about today, but you can't talk about colour forecasting without talking about trends, themes, aesthetics. They all go hand in hand, and I think that's what's really important to sort of stress here. So when we talk about predicting colors, we're looking at what's happening in marketing, what consumers are buying, what's happening in the world and how that's influences influencing, how we feel, how we think, how we interact. So all of these things come together. And really, for me, the, the job of a trend forecaster is about researching, but also about assessing and analyzing that, finding those common factors, those similarities and differences to be able to present that in an understandable, digestible way to audiences. Colour is an incredibly huge part of trend forecasting. That's why you have a whole industry specifically on colour forecasting. It's the thing that can make or break the success of a product. And so it's a really important point, even when we think about the metaverse, as well as we're talking about today, to sort of think about how our Predictions of color is going to influence the world around us, including the virtual. Our existing color forecasting industry
0: is focused on the physical world, really. But with these virtual worlds, the metaverse, we now need to think about how our trend forecasting and the way that we forecast might change, I suppose, across both physical color forecasting and then into the virtual worlds. And as you say, trend forecasting is a global industry and Steve, you have a lot of experience working with industry and you certainly have had experience of some of those challenges, like those global challenges, which industry are facing in terms of manufacturing and supply chain. So I wonder if you could perhaps share some of these challenges or changes that you've seen that companies may have experienced within the fashion industry? Because I wonder if we can start unpicking those links between forecasting and the manufacturing supply chain for fashion and textiles.
1: Sure. We're, we're working with lots of local and national companies uh, through the Future Fashion Factory, and now through LETAC, Leeds Institute of Textile and Color. And what we're hearing is that there's an understanding that the trend is for a much shorter lead times. Whereas the time between design and conception, the point of sale used to be maybe 18 months. Some companies have dramatically reduced their times. And this has advantages both economically and in terms of sustainability. Because in an ideal world, we don't actually make anything until it's already been sold. And that would dramatically reduce the so-called dead stock and the mountains of textiles going to landfill. So advances in technology, machine learning, uh, connectivity, robotics, data science, e- even faster computers, are enabling manufacturing companies to be much more agile and responsive. And these changes are motivating many of our collaborative research projects. In my opinion, this raises the question about whether in this future, we're envisaging whether current colour forecasting processes will be fit the purpose. And to be honest, even whether they'll be needed at all.
0: Thank you, Steve. Sally, can I just quickly come back to you here? You know, Steve's talking about supply chains becoming a lot shorter. If we talk about traditional forecasting industries, what time scale did traditional forecasters normally work to? Is it those kind of 18 months? long predictions or is there
3: that flexibility to be shorter? Definitely as Steve's discussed with advances in technology and being able to call upon all this information that's online and analyze data much much quicker we are seeing this opportunity arise where we can predict or analyze what's happening in the current market to be able to say what's popular right now and I definitely think there's a need for that and there's Absolutely, an argument that that's going to then reduce the overconsumption and the overproduction of products that maybe won't sell. You know, there's a long, long conversation about how you go into a store and you see, uh, you know, a rail of garments of a certain color. That why are they in the sale? Why are they eighty percent off? You know, why didn't they sell? And it and it, a lot of it comes down to analyzing that trend and its success. So there's a huge argument to say why we need to think and change and shake things up. But I also would argue that there is still a need for what you could call the traditional forecasting timeline where you do look two years ahead or 18 months ahead, very much depending on your industry. You know, fashion traditionally would be four collections a year coming out. And so trends were in line with that time scale. So I would argue that we're not trying to say, let's forget the pads. We're trying to say, how can we improve it and which industries can benefit and be improved by using a quicker timeline and which still need to look two years ahead. You know, maybe the automotive industry is a good example of of a company that had so much development needed in terms of the colours that they're creating and their application and their quality that they can't work on such a shorter time frame. But that's not to say it's not valid, it's just to say that we need to really highlight which process is applicable and which is best for each sector.
0: We need to remember that we often see, you know, macro trends, micro trends. So there is a place for these longer and shorter timeframes. Well, I think this is a great time to come to you as your PhD, your research, you've been exploring some of these ideas and in particular, I know you've been looking at using current consumer trends and we might come onto this now casting you might want to refer to that but so you've been using current consumer trends as a means of consumer driven colour forecasting so rather than it being way you know months as you say Sally you know 18 months two years in advance we're looking at a much more immediate way of forecasting trends and and colour so, perhaps
2: you'd like to start by just telling us a little bit about your research. Yeah, definitely. And as Steve said before, the dramatic changes to the fashion and textile manufacturing industries, which means a move from a classic seasonality based clothing collections towards a shorter time span once, even bi weekly ones. So, we are creating models which can automatically extract colors from fashion shows and social media, analyzing hundreds of images or even thousands of images in real time, using the images generated by humans, for example, in social media like Instagram, we could determine what is trending right now. So it's important to highlight that. The algorithm identifies specific object colors in the images instead of just to dominate color in the images. So therefore, the company in different sectors can use more accurate and detailed chain information for their business, such as what colors of hat are most popular in London this week or for this month. That's fascinating. Really, really interesting. Amazing
0: that you can use this data which is so readily available on people's social media to understand what's happening now and the trends that we're seeing now, the colors that are trending at the moment. I think that's really shows the the power, I suppose, of data and how you can take a data approach to trend
3: forecasting. And also, what's really interesting about what Peiwa has just described as her research is that that makes trend forecasting so much more adaptable and valid because while we might have predicted something for two years ahead based on what's happening in the world and what we know is going on, that's to say that something unexpected might come along that we couldn't predict. We could argue that the pandemic, coronavirus, we didn't have any clue what was going to happen there and how that was going to influence the market. So then that would change what we call nowcasting, which would absolutely have an impact on the trends that we predicted for 18 months or even six months ahead. So that's, again, what I was trying to say earlier, which is I do believe these things go hand in hand as opposed to one over the other.
0: It's a conversation, I suppose, isn't it, between all these different things and that trends aren't static. It's not as though we say, yeah, this is going to be the trend next year. As you say, something like a global pandemic may come along and completely change the kind of social economic factors around that time and and hence the, the trends. Steve? KOA's research really demonstrates that power of data and also the opportunity for companies to tap directly, whether that's trend companies or businesses, to tap directly into those consumer-led trends, using the consumer's digital footprint on social media, for example, to inform new trends or insight for future product development. The other thing to say about the metaverse at this point is that The metaverse or virtual worlds, many people think of those as being all about gaming. We're not just seeing people using virtual platforms for gaming. We're seeing it very much as a space for people to socialize, as a community space, a way for them to express themselves, perhaps, you know, through what they're wearing, what they're doing, who they're connecting with. And as part of that, we're seeing quite a lot of fashion that's user generated. So we have people creating avatars in these virtual worlds. They're choosing what they're wearing and often they're designing what they're wearing. So these new trends coming through in the virtual worlds in the metaverse are often user-generated and we have a big movement, I think, at the moment towards Web3 in a more democratized fashion industry within that, a virtual fashion industry. So taking all that into account, do you think, that the metaverse and fashion within the metaverse and trend forecasting within the metaverse could change our existing forecasting industry.
1: Yes, we use the term data-driven color forecasting for actual trend research. Although the term consumer-led is also appropriate. One criticism actually that's been put to us is the idea that if we can determine trends every week or every day, won't this make the situation worse and encourage overconsumption and fast fashion with new trends every day? But paradoxically, I think that's not the case. My view is that some of the trends that are currently developed may be artificial, and that if instead we monitor consumer behavior to identify and New color and fashion trends will still emerge, but perhaps not changing quite as often as in the current, I would say, expert-driven color forecasting process. So one of the reasons, Caroline, we've been looking so closely at the metaverse is, as you say, it's really easy there for consumers to exercise choice. And I definitely think there's even more argument in the metaverse for consumer-driven trends than in the physical world. And I would like to think there will be synergies between what happens in the metaverse and what happens in the physical world. And and this certainly could accelerate changes towards consumer-led forecasting. And I do like the term you use that our language is democratized fashion. But I think the changes that might occur as a result of the metaverse might not only affect trend forecasting, but In fact, the whole of the fashion industry.
0: I think it's a really exciting time for individual designers that do want to create virtual fashion and create their own content and have ownership of that rather than it always being business-led. So I think we can see here, just to summarize some of this discussion, that the traditional forecasting industry, there are changes afoot. but. Hopefully, we're going to see that there's a place for that long-term traditional forecasting as well as the more reactive, perhaps quicker forecasting, data-driven forecasting. And certainly within virtual worlds and the metaverse, we may may see an increase in the consumer-driven trends and how that impacts on forecasting. So Sally, we've heard some interesting perspectives on how... Virtual worlds could be a vector for change, certainly when it comes to consumer-led forecasting. I'd like to now ask you your perspective on the relationship between physical fashion and forecasting and virtual fashion and forecasting. Do you think that the two things may
3: influence each other? I think this is a really good topic of conversation that you could talk about forever because the two things are so connected and one influences the other and vice versa. So you can't discuss the metaverse and its influence and changes and developments without thinking about how that's going to impact the physical world. You know, we talk about digital trends, the the combination of digital and physical, and, you know, we are living around all of this information. When we think about colour forecasting or trend forecasting, we're, we're taking in so much information. That includes things such as AI and developments in machine learning and the metaverse and its influence on trend forecasting. You can look at Pantone's Color of the Year for 2022 called Very Perry. And if you read about that, that's very much influenced by digital worlds and the metaverse being one of those. And it's this idea of one influencing the other and the back and forth. So we've seen lots of trends coming into the physical world, even in accessories and stationery, for example, where we've got this rise in iridescence and holographic effects and dichroic, ever-changing colors depending on your viewing angle. And that is influenced by this sort of reactive, playful, dynamic approach that you can have when you're experimenting with color and pattern and your physical appearance on a digital screen and in a digital world you could then say, well, what's happening in the physical world that can also influence the metaphor? So I really don't believe you can have one conversation without the other. And I think what's exciting is that it's ever-changing. So much is happening in both of these worlds that's going to keep influencing and changing the next chapter. And definitely, for me, what's exciting about both of these worlds is our experience of colour in them how something that we can learn to do digitally will then influence what we maybe will test out and try and create physically.
0: What you've described there about iridescent fabric or color-changing fabrics that you may see in virtual world and how that's trickling into physical trends. This could be an amazing tool for innovation within fabrics and design. If people really are inspired by the trends and the colors and the otherworldly fabrics and colors and patterns and so on that they're seeing in the virtual world, if people are so inspired by that and they're wanting to bring that into physical fashion, I think we could see some really exciting innovations within textile and fashion
3: design. Absolutely. And also, you could argue that the digital worlds are a bit of a test bed for the physical industries that then want to decide what to invest their money in and what consumers are wanting. It also goes back to this idea of now casting and putting more ownership on the user, on the consumer. We're seeing so much more rise and importance placed on the idea of personalization and customization. You could argue that's a trend and it's right. And it's absolutely important for trend forecasting to think about the consumer and put them at the center because all of this is about creating content, whether that's physical or digital, that we need and want and will improve our experiences.
0: It would be great just to ask each of you, what do you think the color forecaster of the future looks like? What do you think the biggest opportunities are for color forecasting in the metaverse?
2: As Sally and Steve mentioned, their designers and companies will under a lot of pressure with massive amount of data and strict deadlines de- in the fashion industries. So, in my opinion, the more data analytic skills for the future forecaster will be very variable because we can use the power of artificial intelligence that helps to push the boundary of the manual fashion design. In the Metaverse, they're willing to express themselves among the generation that corporations might reduce the inference of the traditional, like, social chains on the individual shopping behaviors, which means that the virtual variable chains might more fit into the consumer-driven framework.
1: The one thing we can be sure of is that the future will be different. It won't be the same as today. I really like the phrase, the future is not what it used to be. Tomorrow, there'll be more use of data, more dependence on algorithms. Uh, probably the color forecast of the future, which someone who is able to work with these algorithms, tools, as Paywell said, to sort of push forward the boundaries of what they would do without that sort of data. And uh, what I, I think is for sure is that I, I do think that rapid, agile, and, and actually local manufacturing is, is inevitable. So I completely agree with Paywell
3: and And there is no denying that the metaverse and the advances in technology are going to play a huge and a very important role in our future and therefore in the way we forecast trends. I think it's really important to sort of summarise and say that with trend forecasting and, and questioning its validity and its need, we must remember that a lot of what we're doing or if not all of what we're doing is is centered around people and human centered approach is absolutely what we need to keep in a focus the power of people is is really amazing and that knowledge base and and this amazing extra information we now can gather very quickly about consumers and behaviors and people and the way we think will absolutely then influence our trend predictions and you know, no matter what the future looks like and no matter how quickly things are changing, we mustn't forget that people are at the center of this, as well as the planet, of course. I think if we keep that in mind, we will ensure that the narratives we create are really meaningful and worthwhile. That involves having
0: people in the whole supply chain, doesn't it? So, you know, Yes, we could rely on data-driven forecasting because there is so much data out there. But having that person there to really understand what's happening globally in society, to really interpret how those things might influence trends and color and so on, having that kind of human perspective is probably very important. So not just relying on the data, but actually having a human element because, as you say, Ultimately it's a human industry. We have people that want to express themselves and and wear things that are feel right for them and let their values and so on. So yeah, I can see that this kind of human-centered supply chain needs to exist where we've got trend forecasters that really understand people and what's happening and also taking inspiration, I think, from those consumer trends as well is it's going to be important to kind of combine them both hopefully Steve, as you say that will then make those changes that we're seeing if we are looking at shorter lead times we're going to have more confidence in those decisions and, and actually making the products that we know are going to sell and that we're not making too much and we're not making the wrong thing having products that are, are right for our consumers.
1: I think so. One of the big motivating factors in our research is the observation that there is still too much waste in the textile carol industry. We're still making things that people don't want and things that companies can sell. Uh, I think the things we've been talking about today address those issues or have potential to, to address those issues.
0: Yeah. collective effort, hopefully, to, to solve some of these issues within the fashion industry. That's fantastic. Thank you all so much. Steve, Power, Sally, thank you all very much for your time today. It's been a really interesting conversation and I hope that our listeners have enjoyed hearing a little bit about the changes to the forecasting industry and also the metaverse. Perhaps that's quite a new thing to some people. So hopefully you've enjoyed hearing about the future of trend forecasting and how that ties in with virtual worlds in the future. Thank you very much.